0: Thank you so much. Good morning. 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 Yep. Everyone just sounds American when they speak over the microphone, and when I spoke, it sounded nothing like that. <laughs> Where's my family? Yeah, and they're just overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit got them. I think they went to the bathroom. All right. Good morning. Uh, as I was introduced, my name's Derek. You'll hear by my accent. I'm from South Africa. We're... Uh, Little country, southern tip of Africa. It is the most exciting country to live in. Uh, it's an extraordinary place. It's, it's a home. Our church that we have the privilege of leading, Lighthouse Church, they send their love, and uh, they, they're excited for you. They had church eight hours ago, and uh, they, they prayed for us, and they, they're trusting for incredible things to happen this morning. And uh, can I just ask you to give my wife a round of applause as she walks down the aisle? <laughs> so, if I'm going to preach and you're going to be late, uh, by the way, I'm not speaking to the people online, welcome, I'm speaking to my daughter who's walking down the aisle now because she took a bathroom break. <laughs> yeah, that'll teach her. Well, it was four years ago that I got to preach over here, and man, it's been an interesting four years. Not, not because I preached her, but... Wasn't COVID a wild season? Wasn't it incredible? I mean, I don't know what it was like over here, but we had people fighting over whether we should wear masks or not. We had people fighting over whether you need to get vaccinated. We had people fighting over everything. I thought we had enough reasons to fight, and we went and created other ones. I don't know what it was like over here, but, man, it was fun. (laughs) And I look at the church, and I, I go, man, we survived. We made it. And it's not that we're in survival mode, but sometimes we've got to celebrate. And you guys look amazing. It doesn't look like you've been through any form of trauma or pandemic. It's, you just look so good. And, and it was, we didn't know if, if we'd ever travel again. We didn't know if there would be a world left. We, we had no idea what was going to happen. I think we would, have been a, we would have been way more relaxed in 2020 if we knew where we were going to be in 2022. I think we would have been, oh, well, we're going to make it. We're going to be on holiday for a few days. We had lockdown. Every time our president went on the television, he told us we were going to be in lockdown for another three weeks. It just didn't end. Uh, We we couldn't meet. I I don't know what it was like every year because generally the world's focused on the USA. But with, with the trauma of 2020, we would all just focus on our own countries and what we were going through and trying to just make it. And we didn't know, like I said, we didn't know what was going to be left over if anything, was going to be left over when something was left over. And I look back now and I go, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) We made it. It was a a roller coaster at night. Didn't know, where we were going, we knew it was wild, we didn't know what would survive, what would fall off, who would fall out, and what would fall in. And then we made it, and we look back, and this morning I want to speak about nothing to do with COVID or 2020. But I want to speak about going through different seasons and what they can look like. And I I don't want to speak and have you have the assumption that I'm some form of expert in this matter. But I've I've experienced enough in my life that I know that regardless of the chaos, God is busy with something. We were singing this morning about being in victory. And I do believe that if we're going to sing those songs, we better start living those lives. We've got to start having that reflect in our daily lives. We, uh, I heard a terrible saying, and uh, one guy said, he said, Christians don't lie except on Sundays when they sing the songs. And I think that needs to change. I'm not speaking to day spring, I'm speaking about Christians in general. We, we sing about victory. But are we singing from victory, from an understanding of victory? We, I know we're supposed to live from the platform of victory. I find that exceptionally difficult. But we're supposed to be living our lives from this point of view of knowing that it's actually going to not be okay. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be phenomenal. And we get to play a part in that. I'm going to pray. We're going to get started. I'm going to trust Jesus to do his thing. If you listen really well, I will preach exceptionally well. If you don't listen, you're not going to get anything. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I'm humbled by your goodness and your kindness to allow me to come and share this assignment with these wonderful people this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will lead me in what I need to say, that it will be helpful, it will be good, it will be profitable for the kingdom, for Dayspring. Lord, it will be profitable for the hearers. Lord, I pray that whatever's from Derek will fall on deaf ears, but whatever's from the throne room will land in our hearts, will grip us, will change us, will reveal more of the kingdom in our lives, that tomorrow will look different for us because of what you're going to do this morning. We honor you, our King. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to speak a bit this morning about identifying the seasons in our lives. I just want to do something. It's the most important app that I have on my phone. It's my clock. 1 King 17. I have, by the way, the most incredible presentation that gives you every answer to every challenge you have ever faced in your life. It's the solution to all financial challenges, health, everything. But we can't run it this morning, so we'll try again next week. (laughs) I'm reading this morning from 1 Kings 17. It's an incredible story about Elijah. So it says this, Now Elijah the Tishbite of Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, it's this tension that they've had, and, and Elijah the prophet of God threatens the king. But it's from God. It says, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives before whom I stand, there shall be neither dew nor rain these years except by my word. So he forecasts a not so great season. And the word of the Lord came to him. It says, Depart from here. Turn turn eastward. Hide yourself by the book Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. So Elijah prophesies something of chaos. When there's no rain, there's no food. When there's no food, there's famine. When there's famine, there's war. War and famines always run together because they'll always be fighting for food. Hungry people are dangerous people. And I believe that with Christians as well. If we remain hungry and we never fed on the word of God, we're actually just dangerous with our theology because we don't have the love of God in us. So Elijah prophesies, he says to Ahab, this is what's going to happen. There's a season coming where it's not going to rain. And this says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. I don't care what season you're in as long as you're hearing God. You have to live a life where you say, I've heard God. It doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you're going through as long as you're hearing God. We need to pursue that. His presence means hearing God. It's not a feeling. His presence is communication. It's When I spend time with my wife, if we're not communicating, if she's not speaking to me and I'm not speaking to her and I'm hearing what she's saying, there's a problem in our relationship. And when that breaks down, obviously there's a challenge. Not that I've ever done that, I can say So I'm going to go back to verse 3. Depart from here, God says, depart from me, turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook of Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went, and he did, according to the word of the Lord. I pray that over our lives, that we will always do and go and behave according to what God's word has said. He went and he lived by the brook Cherith, that is east of the Jordan. And I love this. Verse 6. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now that's a cool story. But can you imagine how it's playing out in real life? This is not a parable. This is a real story. These ravens are somehow trained by God to go and steal meat and bread from someone. Unless you believe that ravens have learned how to bake bread, these ravens are out on mission, and they're stealing bread from someone for weeks there's someone baking bread, and his major mission is just to stop the raven stealing his bread. And these ravens are stealing cooked meat, because it doesn't say so that Elijah even had to cook the meat. Isn't that just a season from God? Where everything is taken care of. He's in his holiday home, he's living in a beautiful cave, he has a stream over there, he's being fed, it's been baked, it's taken care. This is living in God's place. Come on, this is Springfield. Come on, it's the easiest life. Come on, it's living their, their streams. When we flew in, uh, you can see the streams over here. This is Brook Cherith, I can I guarantee you that. And they are ravens, I haven't seen any ravens yet, but I'm sure there's some birds up to something in the epic bakeries, and I know Steve and Sally are going to feed us well. When people ask me, what did you get when you were in the States, I normally go, F- fat. <laughs> <laughs> this is what a season from God, I believe, can look like. Where it's taking care of every need and everything is going well, and you're sitting at your holiday home and the brook is flowing and the meat is there and the bread's there. I believe that's called a season of pleasant places. Maybe you're in that season. Maybe you've come through that season. Life is, who can honestly say, and there must be a few of you in the room that can say, in this very moment, I'm in the best season of my life. Amen. Yeah, come and say it. And some of you are going, no way. And you're looking for those people that are putting up their hand going, I judge you. <laughs> Married life is working, your husband is listening, finances are fantastic, your health is perfect, your gym membership is actually being used for something. <laughs> you wake up with energy, you have no depression or anxiety. If you're in ministry, your greatest danger is that during baptisms, the water turns into wine. (laughs) Nothing can go wrong. Hallelujah, this is life. But there's always this phrase in our lives, and it's in verse 7. It says, and after a while. (laughs) It doesn't matter what season you're in. After a while. It will change. Winter doesn't last. Summer doesn't last. Fall doesn't last. After a while, after a while, the brook dried up because there's no rain in the land. Well, obviously, Elijah, there's no rain in the land. You prophesied that. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you are with your faith, where you stand with Jesus. When there's chaos in the land, you'll feel it. We've You feel it. When there's trauma in the church, you feel it. When there's chaos in your family, everyone feels it. And it's not because you're living in the wrong place. Elijah, in the perfect will of God, in the perfect season of God, perfectly in the will of God, the brook dries up. Do not ever think that because you're going into a tough season, or you are in a tough season, that you're necessarily out of the will of God. If there's blatant sin in your life, deal with that. I, I'm not, I'm not going to address that this morning. That's not the sin preach. If there's crazy sin in your life, stop it. Just stop. I don't know how. Don't do it. People would say to me, um, I, I might share a bit at the men's breakfast, but uh, you know, as a drug addict and a wife-beater and alcoholic and an all-around all bad man. And people would say to me, how did you stop taking drugs? I said, well, you know when you want to take drugs? Yeah? Then you don't. There's a lot more to it, but that's the reality. After a while, after a while, we may go through a dry season. I'm not going to ask you if you're in a dry season because often we feel that when we admit that we're in a dry season, we feel that it's an admission of failure. But it's not, it's a season. It's one of those seasons where everything is drying up. Your finances are drying up. Perhaps you're in a marriage, and you sit here, and you're smiling at each other. You're holding hands. You're looking at each other, and you hate each other. No, don't go, come on. No, no, not that one. Not that one. And please, if you're holding hands now, don't let go. That's a dead giveaway as well. Kiss the hand. Kiss the hand, yeah. You can sit here and your, your health can be falling apart. I've had it. I've sat with friends and they'll smile at me. And I, the Holy Spirit reveals there's a problem and I'll start scratching. And it turns out that they're sitting across the coffee table while they're busy dying of cancer. And they don't know how to tell me because they think they're failing. Sometimes we just need to start admitting that when we are weak, he's really strong. Because that's when He shines. Not all dry seasons are because of sin and not all dry seasons are because you've done something stupid or reckless or you've heard God wrong. I do suspect that possibly Elijah, even in all his wisdom and understanding that he's hearing God well, when that brook dried up, he must have had that thought, I heard God wrong. I heard God wrong. Perhaps you're in a place financially, you go... I've made the business deal, I heard God wrong. In your marriage, I heard God wrong. In your finances, I heard God wrong. With your children, I heard God wrong. But I want to tell you this morning that if you trust that you heard God before, stay the course. Don't change anything until you hear God speak again. Because too often we go, I haven't heard God, let me come up with my own plan, as opposed to, I'll wait. Regardless of how this Dry the brook may seem, I'll wait until he speaks again. Because he's speaking, got me to the place, I'll wait for him to speak again before I'm removed from this place. Then the word of the Lord came to him. I'm going to emphasize this a whole lot this morning. Just hearing God. Just hearing God. Hear God for your family. I love the fact, uh, I love baby dedications. I love, it's beautiful when a family comes and says, we cannot do this on our own. We want to partner with the church. We want to partner with these people. We want to entrust you. I love it. It, it, it when churches are financially faithful that you get to have kids ministers. You get to have a kids facility. Proverbs 22, 6, raise your children in the way they should go. And even though they wander to a far land, they'll return. When you raise your children properly as the way you are, even if they wander to a far land, and we prophesy that they won't wander, but that we know that they'll return. But there, there, there's something about... If we're going to be willing to wait on what God's going to say, even in the difficult moments, and we're willing to stay the course financially, in perseverance, in serving, volunteering. So you wait to hear God. We're going to have those uncomfortable moments. We're allowed to be uncomfortable. We're allowed to be uncomfortable. God is going to sometimes make us feel uncomfortable. That's why the Holy Spirit's the comforter. He's going to end up comforting us as the different seasons roll forward. And it says this, the widow of the Lord came to him and he says, arise, verse 9, arise, go to Zarephath. And when you get to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow to feed you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink as she was going to bring it, he called to her and he said, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Isn't it crazy how he's gone from a season where ravens are feeding him meat and bread and there's a stream, to all of a sudden he's become a beggar who's begging for a bottle of water. He's gone from the supernatural provision, he's gone from the supernatural moment to where he actually has to become a beggar and he's still in the perfect will of God. Do you see where you can live in the perfect will of God and have your drier season? The word Zarephath means refining. You see, our driest season is often our most refining season. Your worst moment, Haiti and I, we've gone through chaos. Our worst moments have turned out to be the most profitable for our relationship. Our most challenging seasons have been the best when we've grown in God. Never ever deny the opportunity. Never deny God the opportunity to see you refined in your driest moments. But we want to get them done. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to go from one brook to the next. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. The word does not say, if you're with me, you'll never go through the valley. It says when you're in the valley, you just won't be fearful. I believe God will lead us through the valley just to get us from one mountain to the next. How do you go from mountain to mountain? Through the valley. Sometimes God has us go through valleys. You might be sitting in the valley, you're looking at a medical report, you're looking at a financial report. You're looking at your wife across the table and you're going, I don't know if you can do this. If you're willing to stay the course, if you're willing to hang on, I promise you, God will take the moments where you went from supernatural provision to supernatural having to beg from a widow. And this widow was poor. This widow was gathering her own sticks. She never even had a servant to help her gather sticks. She had lost her husband, she had lost her status, she had lost Everything. We don't know her name, but she goes from somebody that society had thrown away to someone that the prophet of God is now going to be provided for. We underestimate what God can do in us. We underestimate what God can do through us. And sometimes we are the greatest resources to people going through their driest season. People going through a dry season, you might think, well, he had a... He had provision before, he had a business before, he had finances before, he had good health before. Why should I pray for them? Why should I invite them over for dinner? Why should we help them? Because you will never understand how valuable it is within a context like this when we go, I'm going to love you enough not to ask you what's happening behind the scenes. I'm going to love you regardless. I'm going to feed you regardless. And we set aside our pride. Because you never know what refining season someone else is going through you will never understand what people are going through in their marriage, in their finances, in their health. One of my elders, his, his, his wife is, is so ill, and, and she hasn't been to church in about a year and a half. And they, they just went through a dreadful season. And all of a sudden, she just said, I've decided I will live until I'm dead. It breaks my heart. Breaks my heart because what she's decided is every living moment I'm going to dedicate to serving and loving Jesus. I'm going to dedicate my all. I will be at church. I will worship. I will serve. She's still a full-time teacher. And she gives everything because she's not going to have her season of absolute defining. This is an attack. This is not from God. But God will use our worst seasons to refine us. And the refining season starts to define us. I discovered a lot more about myself through 2020 than I did through 2019 and 2018 and 2017 and 2016. Those tough seasons, they were tough, but they were healthy for me. They were good for me. The interesting thing is we went through a season where we, we were seeing healings and miracles in the life of the church. We were seeing supernatural provision. We were seeing loads of people being saved. It was going. We were at the brook. Then all of a sudden, I won't speak about that season, that season hit six months in, we had some chaos in the leadership and we had some challenges and we saw things happening and in that moment I thought, Lord God, you've brought us all the way here, why would you drop me now? Why would you let us down now? You know what he said? Nothing. I've realized God does not answer stupid questions. (laughs) He doesn't entertain stupid questions, I'm sorry. So I've learned to ask better questions. Lord, you've brought us to this point. I know you won't drop me now. What do you want me to do now? What is my next season? What are you taking us into? What are you calling us into? You're taking us into the moor. You've taken us from living into the cave. What is our next season? And this is the incredible thing about Elijah, is he's just obedient to God. He maintained his obedience to God. And he goes and he lives with this woman, this widow. And if you know the story, there was supernatural provision. He prophesies over the flower, and he prophesies over the oil, and this woman gets to take care of Elijah for many years. You see, Elijah had to press through and go and seek what he needed. You see, the brook was he needed, and God gave him, but he, what he wanted, he had to go and press in for. We get to have church, but when we want to be the church, we're going to have to press in a little bit harder. To be able to take what we do here on a Sunday and take it out there, is going to take us pressing into him, not just on a Sunday morning, but on a Monday morning and on a Thursday morning and a Thursday evening. It's going to take me having to press in and not having my toughest season define what I'm going to do. I may, uh, imagine living in this headspace where I've had God provide for me, I've challenged the king. I've, I've changed weather patterns. I've shifted the world's economy. I've affected Wall Street. I'm taking care of business on supernatural levels, but I can't even take care of myself. And I believe God will have us go through these tough seasons while, we are, while he's using us. And I believe he allows that to happen. Because if every person I ever prayed for got healed, if every person I prophesied over was 100% accurate prophecy, if every sermon changed the world, what kind of arrogance and pride would grow in me that God could no longer use me? And I find myself, sometimes I'm feeling stuck, but God's using. I, I want you to just understand this morning, regardless of how stuck you feel, understand that God can use you in the season, and He wants to use you. Yeah. He's not looking over going, hey, you've been in those, in those halls when they want to hand out a prize. We were at a rodeo. I went to my first rodeo in Texas. It was amazing. It's like being a pastor. <laughs> you get in there, you hold on for dear life. Everyone's watching you. It's a wild ride. You fall down and everyone in the room judges you. The guy who's just ridden the bull is feeling beaten and bruised and he walks back to the paddock with a smile on his face in absolute agony. And I went, I know, I know. And then we sit there, we go, bring the next one. We'll judge him as well. And it's in this, massive, in this massive venue, and everyone's together, and I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, man, this would make an amazing church. <sighs> Sorry, I'm a, I'm a pastor at heart. I'm sitting there, and I've, I have watch this rodeo, and I watch this chaos, and I'm watching all this excitement, and I think, to, to what extent do we have to be performance-driven so that people can enjoy what we're doing? One, guy, one cowboy came out there. The bull fell down, landed on his leg. He stood up, it went crazy. The clowns were running around and everyone's cheering. Just like being in the Coliseum. It's called the Coliseum actually. And And everyone's cheering because now the guy got injured. It's brutality. We paid our tickets. I expected Nero to stand there and... We expect our lives to be more exciting. We expect something to happen. Something has to happen all the time. And sometimes I feel we get stuck in a situation and we're expecting God to use us. But we want him to change our situation first as opposed to understanding that he can use us on the outside without having to change too much of our current situation. When I was at my brokest, God used me to steward big resources. When, I was at, when we were busy we fighting sickness in our family, God sees us being used to see breakthrough in other people's lives. We'll see breakthrough when we start understanding that a dry season doesn't mean an end of a season. It's a transitional season. No season lasts forever. After that, it's incredible the story of Elijah. He goes from the brook stays with the widow, and it's amazing. And it says, and the widow's son died. You think, could it get any worse? Whenever scripture references a child dying, it speaks of a ministry, it speaks of legacy, it speaks of continuation. The surname doesn't continue. There's no life afterwards. You've gone from the supernatural provision, the supernatural encounters, the supernatural provision of flour, provision of oil, all of this, and all of a sudden, this young boy dies. Elijah goes to the upper room, it says, and he lay on the boy three times, and the boy came back to life. I believe that when the church shifts from living in caves and starts living in the upper room, we'll start seeing supernatural lifestyle becoming the norm. We'll start seeing miracles that we're trusting for. I'm not speaking to day spring. I'm speaking to Christians. We need to shift out of our caves and start living in the upper room need to shift out understanding. In Elijah's worst season, the food is running out. There hasn't been any rain. He's going to still be fighting Ahab. He's still got Jezebel that's going to get him off to. Fortunately, he didn't know yet because he might have quit then. He's got the worst season coming up. He's been through the worst season ever. And he sees a young boy come back to life because he's willing to do what no one else would do, what no one else could do because he knew God could use him. Amen. Out of the driest seasons, God does the most ridiculous things. Out of the most challenging situations God wants to use us. What season are you in? Where are you? Raising the dead. Are you almost dead? (laughs) Emotionally. Your marriage. Your finances. There's a I believe it's a pandemic, and I'm not speaking about that one. There's a pandemic of depression that we hide from. Because if you admit that you're suffering from depression, all of a sudden you're crazy. If you suffer from anxiety, you're weak. You're suffering from any disease. It's, oh, well, it's the enemy. It must be sin, so what have you done wrong? As opposed to looking at it and absolutely refuting the reality that is being presented to you that you have to live with that. It's unacceptable. Not you. Depression. The the enemy has no right to put that cloud over you. Anxiety. The enemy has no authority to have that rest on you. That is not a season. That is an attack. Sickness is not a season. That is an attack. Sin is not a season. That is a mistake. Don't give the devil credit for your disobedience. <laughs> Those who are laughing and smiling, I, I trust you. Those are looking at me very stern-faced now, go, okay. he's making eye contact with me. He can see into my soul. <laughs> Regardless of the season you're in, if you're willing to believe that God can use the season and the next and the next... That you can trust him in every one of those moments. There is nothing that he cannot do through you, and for you, and with you. So, what season are you in? Is your season a bit dry? I know we had a whole lot of people putting their hands up and they walking on water, and that's fantastic. But perhaps you're in a dry season, and I could do this differently. I could have one of the muses come up and they could play. And we're not going to do that. And I can have everyone close their eyes. We're not going to do that. But we're also not going to look around that when I say, if you're in a season of X, Y, Z, and then we look around so we can assess what people are going through. This is something, this is where you get to be the Elijah in the story. It's kind of focused on what you're going through. And I love the fact that Elijah's name means, my God is Yahweh. Because while you can trust that the Lord your God is the Lord your God, your season doesn't matter. It's of value, but it shouldn't determine your state of mind. It shouldn't determine your outlook. What season are you in? What season are you going through? I'm not going to say seasons of sickness or marital chaos because that makes it very awkward. But if you're in a dry season, and literally with everyone looking around, if you're in a dry season, you're in a season that you need breakthrough, can I ask you to stand? Stand. Just vulnerably stand. If you see someone standing, please don't go to them after the meeting and say, why did you stand? That's not helpful. I mentioned, and you hear by my accent, I'm South African, and we we say things differently, and I don't mean to be offensive in any way. I'm very sorry if this does offend you, but I don't believe you. I don't believe That the people standing now are the only ones who should be standing now. But what we do as church leaders is we sit. And I'm not talking about the pastors. I'm talking about the church leaders. We sit and go, we can't stand because then people will think we've got problems. We can't stand because they'll think we're human. If you're in the dry season, I'm going to give this a few seconds. Stand. 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 We need to see you transition from this season to the next. We need to establish what God wants to do in the season that you're in. We count down from five, and if you're in a dry season, you need to be standing. gospel if you need some breakthrough in some area i'm not i'm not going to pray for breakthrough i'm going to pray for tenacity i'm going to pray for purpose over the season I, I know you've been praying for breakthrough for years but let's start praying purpose into the season you might be in a place where we need to see widows sons being raised from the dead you may be in a season where we need to call situations into being i'm going declare it this morning This is not an admission of failure, friends. This is an admission of, I need God to do something. Come Holy Spirit. We pray let the word of the Lord come. Because that's what carried Elijah, the word of the Lord. Let the word come. Let the word come. Just speak to every person. Speak to every person standing. We speak the purposes and destiny. That God dreams of of your life to be released. Just breakthrough, 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 purpose, destiny, destiny to be released. Just while you're standing, just start expecting God to speak to you, to comfort you. Man, He loves comforting you. It is. One of his titles, the Holy Spirit, he's the Comforter. He's sent. That's what he's sent. Part of his mission is there to be for us. As he ministers to you, just allow the joy of the Lord to start filling you up from the base of your feet. Allow that peace of the Holy Spirit to start resting on you. Allow yourself to feel loved this morning. Start allowing the Lord to speak to you that you can start hearing that you are forgiven, that you are loved that you are valued, that you are cherished. I'm just going to ask those that put their hands up earlier that you are in an incredible season, perhaps you're praying, perhaps you're just there meditating on God. I don't want you to move. But if you're sitting there and you're someone with faith and you're sitting there going, I'm trusting for, for people's purpose to be released. Why not just lean over and lay hands on someone or move out of your seat and go pray for someone. If you're not standing, they standing. Just trust that God's going to speak to you, allow people to come and minister to you. The rest of you sitting there, just go and minister to the others. Just really quickly. I don't want to draw this out. Just go and speak life. Just declare life over them. Just speak over their season. Speak over their season. You don't have to make this an elaborate thing. Just go and love on them. Just declare the, the life over this season. Come Holy Spirit, we just speak life in Jesus' name. We speak over marriages, we speak over bodies, we speak over state of mind. We speak over, if you're suffering from depression, we speak a release from that now in Jesus' name. Anxiety to flee in Jesus' name because we have not been given a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear strips us of our power, of our love and of our sound mind. Breakthrough, life, purpose in Jesus' name. If you're battling with finances this morning, I just declare over you, God was able to provide for Elijah with birds feeding him. God is able to do above and beyond, exceeding your greatest expectation. The love of Jesus to be released over you. The power of God to administer healing over you in Jesus' name. She's suffering from a medical condition. Life in Jesus' name. Our God is a God of purpose and destiny. And He's a good God in the dry seasons, and He's a good God in the best seasons. allow the people that you're praying with just allow them to feel loved tell them that they are loved tell them that they are chosen and that there's a purpose in the season that they're in in jesus name in jesus name There's a prophetic word that came this morning, that we we're we're due for a prophetic, I mean a a spiritual, sorry, revolution. This is part of it. This is part of it. Not a spiritual evolution. We're not going to grow onto the next thing. We're going to see God turn situations around. Just receive, just receive, just receive. <laughs> he loves you. While well, most people are focused on themselves or praying with someone else, I don't know if this is your church, I don't know if you walked in here this morning, I don't know who you, many of you are. But if you're here this morning and you've never made a commitment never made a commitment to receive the incredible gift of salvation that our Heavenly Father presented on the cross when He crucified Jesus. If you're here this morning and you've never received that gift, and this morning you're deciding, yes, you're going to accept that. Today, things change this morning. You want to receive this gift of salvation. It's free. Well, Jesus paid the price, but it's for you this morning. If that's you this morning and you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to make a this opportunity available. If you can wave at me, I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, but I'm going to get you to the front. I'm going to pray with you. I won't embarrass you in any way. I said, but I can't not make this opportunity available. It's what it, I'm an evangelist at heart. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, wave at me really quickly. I don't see any hands that excites me. I'm working on the assumption that everyone's born again. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your kindness, and your faithfulness. We honor you, our King. In Jesus' name, amen.